Hi folks, John Curry here with another episode of the Secure Retirement Podcast. I'm sitting here with my friend Linda Dickens and Jay Wolf over here. We had a nice visit uh, during lunch leading up to this podcast. And Linda, first of all, thank you for being here. Welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. Glad to have you. Uh, all of us are going to face something in all likelihood, that is the passing of our parents and hopefully retirement someday, and then activities in retirement. And today, Linda's going to share with us some things that I've been impressed with over the years that I've known her. And then we're going to talk a little bit about post-retirement years. But Linda, would you take a moment and just tell our listeners who you are? I know you work with DOT until you're retired, but we just kind of share your background about who you are, just so they kind of get a feeling of who the real Linda Dickens is. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I was a programmer analyst with the state for 43 years. I didn't really want to retire, but after I did, I took a trip with one of my sons abroad and decided there was more to retirement more to, yeah, more to retirement than were better things than work. So I decided to stay retired. What does retirement mean to you? Um, Being able to do what I want when I want. Don't have to get up if I don't want to. Very good, very good. You know, in my work, 44 plus years now, I find that people who are happiest in this thing called retirement are busy doing something. They have activities. The people that just sit in front of the television all day, they don't seem to be as happy. Uh, Would you tend to agree with that or would you disagree? 100%. Okay, because when we circle back around about some of the things you're doing in retirement, I think that would come out loud and clear. Uh, you said 43 years mm-hmm. okay, in state government. Uh, when did you retire? Uh, end of 2011. And you had told me before your parents died the same year. Right. W- would you walk us through a little bit of that? That had to be stressful. You, you already got your own life-changing event coming up called retirement, and you lose your mom and your dad in the same year. Uh, yeah, it was really difficult, and particularly because my mother was my best friend all my life. And it was so totally unexpected. Um, and I thought when I retired, which I knew was coming up six months later, that I was going to be spending a lot of time with them, especially as they got older, eventually taking care of them. But that didn't come about. I guess that's a good and bad thing you could look at, but... I'd rather have them here and taking care of them if I have to. Did their passing change your view about going into retirement, about the importance of doing the things you want to do now because of life being so short? Well, it, I guess it gave me a different perspective because, like I said, I expected to be spending a lot of time with my parents. Mm-hmm. And I was going to have all kinds of time to do that. And after I retired, I had nothing um, so I didn't know what I was going to do. Let's touch on that for a minute. So you told Jay and me earlier that for about the first three years of retirement, you didn't do very much. Right. What, what did you do? What was your daily routine <laughs> once you retired? Uh, a couch potato <laughs> was probably most of it. <clears throat> okay. Going to lunch with friends whenever I could get anybody to go. Mm-hmm. But 
that was about it. Okay. What changed? Um, a friend of mine asked me one day if I wanted to go see what pickleball was like. And I didn't have any idea what it was. I said, sure. So we went to the senior center on Monroe Street, and I learned about pickleball, and I even got to learn how to play. And after falling flat on my face, I got up and kept playing, and it's been over four years. And it is my addiction. (laughs) I play four times a week, and I love it. Tell us what pickleball is. Because some of us, when you first told me, I had no idea what pickleball was. <laughs> so I promise you there are some people listening to this, they don't have a clue. So tell, walk us through the basics. Whenever I mention pickleball, people go, what? <laughs> I think it's the name that really throws it. <clears throat> We're going to throw a pickle at each other, That's right? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, supposedly, it came about in 1965. It was created by a man for elderly people. And he named it Pickleball after his dog, Pickles. Now, it's supposed to be a cross between tennis, badminton, and ping pong. But I usually tell people it's like 99% tennis, only on a smaller court. And the best part to me is that we play indoors. They are creating more and more places where we can play outdoors, but I have no desire to do that. Um... It's just like a tennis court, only smaller. I happened to read one day that it's actually the size of a badminton court. It's um, got a net across and a line down the middle, and we play two people on each side. You play with a paddle rather than a racket, but it's bigger than a ping pong paddle, and a wiffle ball, the plastic ball with holes in it. Hmm. Um, A lot of tennis players who come and learn pickleball usually have two complaints. One, the ball doesn't bounce as much as a tennis ball. And two, the paddle isn't as long as the racket. (laughs) And a lot of them still call the paddle a racket, which I keep changing, you know, correcting them. But it's loads of fun. And you can go to the TalGov website and get a schedule for indoor and outdoor pickleball. And any age person can play I've heard that they're across the country, they are actually teaching it in grade schools. What are the benefits of playing pickleball? Exercise for one, which I was desperately needing. And my goodness, I have met so many wonderful people and gained new friends that I do things with other than pickleball. So there's the social aspect of it also? Absolutely. The first year I was playing pickleball, it actually lowered my blood pressure and blood sugar, which thrilled my doctor, of course. How long is a match? Um, Nobody's ever really timed it. I would guess maybe 10 to 15 minutes. Normally, a game is 11 points, but if we have six or more people waiting to play, we only play to nine so that we have faster turnaround. 
So is the concept the same as in tennis or badminton from the standpoint of scoring? Same idea? Uh, actually, I never really played tennis, so that's hard for me to say. <laughs> you, well, you have to be ser- your team has to be serving in order to win a point. Got it. And both players on one side will get to serve during their turn while they have the control of the ball. You have to serve underhanded, but the rest of the game, and when you serve it, it has to go diagonally across. It has to bounce in the quadrant over there before they return it. When it comes back to you, you have to let it bounce. So it has to bounce once on each side before um, the rest of the play. And you can hit it overhand, underhand, whatever, except on the serve. Interesting. So let's go back to falling on your face. (laughs) So you were telling us about this. So that was the very first time you went. You said you happened to be wearing tennis shoes, Mm -hmm. and you were invited to come out and learn how to play. Right. So tell us what happened and what motivated you to get the heck up and keep going. Well, um, I was going towards to get the ball towards the net, and I guess I reached out too far and lost my balance and just fell face first. I didn't actually hit my face, and I landed, probably most of my weight went on my left knee, but I was laying there face down for a minute, kind of startled, and when I realized I really wasn't hurt, I got back up and continued to play, and I've actually fallen three or four times in the past four years, but I've gotten back up every time. I'm just visualizing the game. That's got to be good for your hand and eye coordination. So I'm just wondering what impact it has physically, not just on the exercise, but also developing the brain from the standpoint it's been proven over and over that people who are still active in retirement and they're using their brain, whether it be doing what you're doing with pickleball or dance lessons, which I do, ballroom dancing. And it's amazing how those things... The more you have to do it, you learn, and it gets you out of your rut, both mentally and physically. Right. And, but I'm just visualizing, I used to play racquetball, and I can imagine it's got to be something similar, not coming at you as, as fast, I guess, although it could be, but you have to work on the hand-eye coordination. <clears throat> it's back to what you and I were talking about earlier, Jay, about kickboxing, too. You know, the same thing, same thing. Why do you continue doing it? Okay, so you got involved, you got hooked enough to where you play four times a week. What keeps you going? It takes some time. You have to you have to overcome inertia, get up, get off the couch, <laughs> go to the senior center, join your friends. So when you talk about it, you're always passionate about it. It's always you, your eyes like right now. You're you're beaming, <laughs> laughing about it, thinking about it. So what keeps you going? Um. The camaraderie probably the most and just the love of the game. Certainly not the exercise, but if you got to exercise, there's nothing like being able to do it and have fun at the same time. True. Very true. In fact, I heard, a, I forget the guy's name now, one of the speakers at a conference said, if you can find something you enjoy doing, whether it be basketball, baseball, softball, for a church league or something, anything that keeps you moving and you're enjoying it, now it's not exercise. That's right. But if you're dreading getting up going to the gym every day, well, maybe the gym's not where you should be. Mm-hmm. Maybe it should be something else that you enjoy doing. That's right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, pickleball and 
how that ties into having a more productive retirement. So think back, if you had not gotten involved in pickleball for the past four years, what do you think retirement would have looked like if you had just continued to being, as you, what you call yourself, a couch potato? Yeah. <clears throat> so compare what you think the difference would have been versus what it is now. Ooh, I'd hate to think of how big I would be. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's some honesty. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It'd be an awfully boring life. That's for sure. I really don't know. From a financial standpoint, you don't have to work. You're retired. You're able to stay retired. Do you ever have any regrets about retiring? Do you ever wish you were still working some or even part-time? Or are you happy you got out? I sure did in those few years before pickleball, but now, absolutely not. Love pickleball. Everybody who learns it gets addicted right away. And the senior center is not the only place I play, by the way. Tell us about the others. Oh, well, there's any number of places. Um, I also play at Jack McLean over by the fairgrounds. Mm -hmm. And sometimes at Sue McCollum at Lafayette Park. Um, You can play at... Walker Ford and Dave Street and... Wow, a lot of places. All kinds of places, yeah. Not to mention the outside places, which I'm not sure where they are, but I heard that they are actually starting to build a pickleball, a couple of pickleball courts at Tom Brown Park, and I think that's why they have cleared the land at Southwood down by Tram. But I'm not 100% sure about that. Hmm. Well, I keep saying I'm going to go with you and observe. Yeah, but, yeah. But, you know, it has, sure. to be, has to be on a Friday because of a work schedule myself. So unless Jay will let me retire. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate that. Let's talk a little bit more about getting involved and doing things. What advice would you have for people listening to this that are close to retirement or maybe they've been retired for a year or two, what advice would you offer them regarding finding something to do in retirement to keep them mentally and physically active? For you, it's pickleball. Right. But just walk through your whatever's in your head. If you could just sit there and tell people, here's what I think you might want to consider, what would it be? Ooh. Well, unless you enjoy doing things by yourself... I would say find some friends who are active and join them and make sure you do social activities as well, not just exercise. But the exercise part has to be fun or you probably won't do it. You mentioned something earlier too. I know you still get together with friends you worked with and have lunch occasionally. Correct. Talk about that a little bit, because so many people retire and they just sever all relationship. They just disappear. Talk about that. Why do you think you and your friends have maintained that contact, and what does it mean to you to have that? Oh, I think it's interesting because you can keep up with what's going on um, at work, even though I don't want to be there to work. (laughs) And it's nice to see people and hear what's going on in their lives. Um, A lot of people who retired before me never even came back to visit. 
I used to go back and visit all the time because I wanted to keep in touch with the people that I worked with. I enjoyed, the, you know, the people, and I wanted to see how they were doing and what was going on. What I've been impressed with you over the years, Linda, you didn't retire to get away because you hated the job or the people. You retired because you truly anticipated doing other things. Right. Now, that changed some you know, when your parents died. Right. But instead of just collapsing and doing nothing, you found other avenues of, of things to do. Thank goodness. <clears throat> How many of you get together from the standpoint of friends from work and have lunch? You told me one Actually, time. I have two different groups. One um, are the, well, was the my supervisor and four guys that I worked with on my team. We are still getting together, although my supervisor passed away over a year ago. And um, one of the guys moved out of town, but he comes back periodically for our lunch. We get together quarterly. Quarterly, nice. Um, the other is a couple of women that I used to work with, and we try to get together. Uh, it's, there's also a, a guy that I work with in this little group, and we get together at least the month of somebody's birthday, if not extra times. Plus, I'm good friends with both of those women and see them at other times as well. Like my husband and I will go play cards, have dinner and play cards with uh, two other couples. That's one of my passions, too, is cards. <laughs> I've been playing cards since I was a kid. What do you play? Um, mainly phase 10 with these other couples. Uh, it's a rummy game, but it's got its own deck of cards. In my family, we used to play a game called Liverpool Rummy, which turns out is like 99% the same as Phase 10. But you just used regular cards for that. Um, my family also had a game called Pitch. Don't know how to describe it. It's, But that was what we considered our family game. Um, we also played what, Crazy 8. Mm-hmm. And there was another one, but I can't think of what it's called. Anyhow, I've been playing cards all my life. Never um, betting. I'm not a better. I'm not a gambler at all. <laughs> so we're not going to see you at Vegas playing uh, blackjack? <laughs> I actually did. <laughs> Back in 1976, my mother and I did. Stopped in Vegas for a night or two. She won $75 playing roulette. <laughs> I'm just I didn't know about the cards I knew you told me over the years about playing cards occasionally with people but I did not realize that playing cards was that much ingrained in you oh yeah from a kid I played since I was a kid what are the other things on the horizon for Linda Dickens to consider doing hmm that's a good question more pickleball <laughs> <laughs> Do you see, when you say more, do you see yourself becoming more competitive with it? Because when you first started, you were you were, didn't have near the competitive drive that I see in you now. Well, I've been very competitive all my life. But 
Pickleball is the first game I have ever played, sport, whatever, that I don't care whether I win or lose. And I really don't understand it. <laughs> I'm thrilled because I'm ashamed to say I am a poor sport. <laughs> but um, so I don't have that problem with pickleball, thank goodness. Are you saying that because you don't like losing, you mean? Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but See. pickleball, it doesn't seem to matter. I think most of us don't like losing. Sure. You know. Some of us are good sports about it. Some of us are not. <laughs> right. So, do you throw your paddle? No. Oh, no, you like no, a, no. those are guys? The I have tennis seen player, people Mac do that though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, someone even threw theirs and broke it. <laughs> That's pretty sad. Well, you lose your temper, and it usually costs you money too. So you <sighs> yeah. break your stuff. You break your yeah, stuff. Yeah, paddles aren't cheap. How many people would you say are playing uh, pickleball now at the senior center? Is it like real busy? Yeah. Well, it's not even the same people every day, every time. Um, that's usually where new people go, because we have a lesson on Wednesdays from eleven thirty to twelve. Um, we will have anywhere from probably twelve to thirty people, and we only have room for two courts. At all of the community centers, we have three courts, so it's more people are playing at one time. <coughs> uh, let's see. If someone said to you, "I just had some problem," that sounds good. That sounds like it's for the old folks to be doing. <laughs> How would you respond to that? <laughs> well, that's true, but it doesn't have to be. Um, it's a fun game that anybody of any age can learn and enjoy. You said that earlier. That's why I wanted to right. emphasize that. Yep. There is, I did find out that there's a minimum age at the senior center, but that kind of makes sense. It is for seniors, after all. I think you have to be 17 or 18 or something. That's um, not very senior, is it? No, 17 no, no, or 18. No, no. <laughs> But somebody brought their little nephew one time because they happened to be out of school. Oh. But I was told that there are around 500 people in Tallahassee playing pickleball now, and I bet I haven't met 100 of them. Well, maybe 100, but not kept in contact with 100. That's a lot of people. Yes, it is. And I don't know where they all are, but I'm glad they all don't all come to the wherever I am. <laughs> they keep trying to encourage more and more people to play pickleball, and I keep telling them, would you quit? We have enough. We've got too many now. Now, be careful now. You're going to be guilty of, I've got mine. You can't have it. Okay? <laughs> well, the more people you've got, the less frequent you get to play. True. True. You made a comment about somebody bringing their nephew. Uh, do you see this as being a sport that families can play? From oh, the standpoint of like, with, with the, I'm thinking about my grandson. He's, he's 13. Sure. You do stuff like that. Can't families play tennis? Absolutely. It's just like tennis. Mm -hmm. Badminton. Yeah. Volleyball. Right. Interesting. I like that. Got to learn more. 
and learn more about it. So tell us uh, again, if somebody wants to learn more, where should they go? And if they want to go to the senior center to learn more, tell us about that. What days? Is it every day? Um, we only play at the senior center on Wednesdays and Fridays. Wednesday from 11.30 to 4. And now on Fridays from 11.30 to 4. Fridays used to just be 11.30 to 1.30 because there was a dance group that followed us, but that group disbanded, so we were given the extra time. So now we play to 4.30, I mean 4 o'clock on Fridays as well. But like I mentioned before, if you want to learn how to play, come on Wednesdays from 11.30 to 12. Or find a good friend like Linda Dickens, a good teacher, right? I'm usually the teacher anyhow, if, <laughs> if Charles isn't, isn't there to do it for me. Right, that's good. Well, let's, let's circle back for just a minute and talk about retirement. Okay. And so that anybody who's listening to this will, can maybe pick up a couple of tidbits from you. What did you do leading up to retirement to get you mentally and financially prepared for retirement? Ooh. Well, I made sure that I was going to be okay financially, which with my retirement, I wasn't really too worried. Um, My husband and I don't really spend much money anyhow unless we go on a trip. Um, I don't know. I think you just said it. Basically, what I got out of that is you've always been a good saver. Right. You haven't spent money frivolously. You had more of a setting money aside for the future instead of instant gratification. Right. Because the thing that we see with people is they don't save enough money. Most people have too much credit card debt. They have too big of a mortgage on homes because they, frankly, just overcommitted their financial resources. And a lot of people in 2008, when the recession hit, uh, they were in trouble. But the people who built up cash reserves did a good job of saving money. They weathered that fine. And if you have good savings, you can let your investments come back when the market's down. So I, th- I think what you just said was a, was big because you, you've you never been big spenders. You plan those purchases if you want to go on trips or something. It's not, hey, let's just go put $10,000 on a credit card. Right. So I think it comes back down to the discipline. Because sure. the, the time I've been around you, I feel like you've always had a lot of that. I think that you and your husband have done a good job of managing the resources you have, but you also seek advice. You don't just say, I'm going to do this because of something I heard on television. <laughs> right. <clears throat> yeah. All right. Before we wrap up here, because um, I always like to end with, is, is there anything that you would like to share with our listeners that, that we haven't talked about? Whether it be about retirement, exercise, we talked about nutrition earlier, anything at all. Anything related to this thing called retirement? Hmm. Well, you definitely ought to plan ahead for it, pretty much. Main thing being making sure you you can afford it, because there's no such thing as having too much money when you retire. Um... Gain as many friends as you can Mm. so that you can 
do do things and be around people because it's does you a world of good to be around people. Um, have more fun that way. You learn a lot and do something active, whether it's pickleball or tennis or ping pong or whatever. And mainly have fun. <laughs> And keep smiling all the time. <laughs> well, you're good at that. I'm just sitting here looking at your face. You've been smiling a whole lot during this interview. And I just appreciate you taking the time to do this today. I know at one point you told me you weren't quite sure you wanted to do it. So thank you for sharing because I think in just a brief 30 minutes here, we try to keep these around 30 minutes So because people are busy. But you've shared, I think, some good thoughts from the standpoint of getting ready for retirement how do you deal with life's uncertain events, unplanned events? And But also, uh, you said something a moment ago that I've never heard anybody say in one of these, and that is to have plenty of friends in retirement. Yep. I think too many people cut the cord, they retire, especially men, because they are men are, are guilty more so than women, I think, of a, being so involved in work that their mindset is that's who they are, that's their self-worth, they have a harder time retiring right? because of that. But if you spend all your time by yourself, you're going to tend to be more sedentary, and that is not good. And lonely. And lonely, uh, and lot, that's definitely <clears throat> not good. Yeah, a lot of things that I see in my study about longevity says that the more that you're around people doing things, uh, playing cards, playing chess, playing pickleball, dancing, things like that, that those people, because they're involved with other people, they're happier, they're healthier, and they have better family relationships and friends. Right. Better than just being by yourself in front of a television, getting all the bad news all day. Oh, I don't watch news. I record everything I watch and scan through commercials. No commercials, no news for me. Well, Linda, anything else you'd like to end with before we say goodbye? I don't think so. I'm glad we finished. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you. You're welcome. I hope you've enjoyed this, and I hope you go uh, learn about pickleball, (laughs) because the next Friday that I have in town, I'm going to go observe and see what pickleball is all about. I'll believe it when I see it. I understand, but I'm going to surprise you. (laughs) Thanks, Linda. Mm If you would like to know more about John Curry Services, you can request a complimentary information package by visiting johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Again, that is johnhcurry.com slash podcast. Or you can call his office at 850-562-3000. Again, that is 850-562-3000. John H. Curry, Chartered Life Underwriter, Charter Financial Consultant, Accredited Estate Planner, Master's in Science and Financial Services, Certified in Long-Term Care, Registered Representative and Financial Advisor of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. Securities, products, and services and advisory services are offered through Park Avenue Securities, a registered broker-dealer and investment advisor. Financial Representative of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is an indirect, wholly-owned subsidiary of Guardian. North Florida Financial Corporation is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities. Park Avenue Securities is a member of FINRA and SIPC. This material is intended for general public use 
By providing this material, we are not undertaking to provide investment advice for any specific individual or situation or to otherwise act in a fiduciary capacity. Please contact one of our financial professionals for guidance and information specific to your individual situation. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, or employees do not provide legal, tax, or accounting advice. Please consult with your attorney, accountant, and or tax advisor for advice concerning your particular circumstances, not affiliated with the Florida Retirement System. The Living Balance Sheet and the Living Balance Sheet logo are registered service marks of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, New York, New York. Copyright 2005 through 2018. This podcast is for informational purposes only. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities or Guardian and opinions stated are their own.